This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, good people of Braves country. Uh, Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, alongside my partner, Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Uh, Greg, they haven't fired us yet. We're back for for another episode, Behind the Braves. And uh, it's warmed up a little bit outside, too. So not fired. Weather is getting a little warmer in Atlanta. Things are looking up around here. I like it. Yeah, middle of spring training. So we can add that in there. Everything's good. Feel good about... uh, where we are as an organization and what's going on. So, mm-hmm. and and as an organization, as a podcast, one of the things, one of our goals, and this really has been one of our goals since we first started. Obviously, we want to bring you our players, both past, present, um, future. In some cases, if we have some prospects on at some point, I think that's something we could look at doing. But uh, and we want to bring you front office personnel as we have with Alex and Perry. Um, coaches as we have with Snit and as we'll try to get other guys on in the future. But one of our goals from the very beginning with this uh, was to also bring you some stories of some folks that maybe you haven't heard of or that are work kind of behind the scenes here that are in the office. Um, and today I think is really the first one of those, and it's, uh, it's a pretty special one. It's near and dear to our heart. It's our coworker, our friend, uh, Katie Hearn, who has quite a story to tell. She... Um, and when we wanted to have her on, of course, it's March is, is Women's History Month. Uh, this episode is coming out on March 8th, which is uh, International Women's Day. Um, and we felt it an appropriate and perfect time to have Katie on talk about her story. It's pretty incredible what she's endured the last couple of years. So, you know, we'll kind of save that for her to tell you. But uh, she's a pretty remarkable person. Yeah, Katie, um, we see her every day. And she's with her, um, her dog, Jack. Mm-hmm. and to see them around the office and get nice little emails from her. And she interacts a lot with, with the fan base um, and answering questions and customer service, and, and she just does a great job. She's always got a smile on her face, and she loves the podcast, and um, we, uh, we love that getting feedback from her because she just, she's really smart and, and uh, helps us do our job better. She does indeed. She helps a lot of people do their jobs better. She, as the digital and accessible services coordinator, she she does a lot to make uh, everybody that comes into SunTrust Park or fans uh, that come into SunTrust Park, she does everything that she can to make their experience as great as it can be. Um, and if if they're not having such a great experience, she does everything to make sure that that gets fixed as quickly as she can. And she's a remarkable person with a remarkable story to tell. So without further ado, here she is, Katie Hearn.
All right. Well, Katie Hearn, welcome to Behind the Braves. You are, um, well, you're you're one of my, I think I'm my most trusted advisor <laughs> when it comes to podcasts because I know you're like me, you're a big podcast person. And when we first started doing this, you were one of the people that we, that uh, Greg Myers and I were, were wanting to meet with and um, who's, you know, a big, been a big person in our lives, uh, Greg Mize, but uh, yes. you were a person I we were wanting to get, to get, get advice from and, and be a soundboard to us on getting this thing started and what we should do to, to make it good. And you've been somebody I've trusted all along. So first of all, thank you for being just for being my our behind the Braves advisor. Yeah, there you go. She's on our board. She's she is the chairman <laughs> of our board. Absolutely, it's a privilege to be here. I know this isn't radio, but I feel like it's longtime listener, first time caller. <laughs> oh, really? Very happy I to like be that. here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're very happy to have you here, and also to have Jack here too. Yes, yeah. Before, thank you. Yeah, tell us. A little, Jack just had a birthday here recently. Tell us yes. about Jack. Yes. So bit. Jack is my guide dog. I got him in November, right after the season last year. I, he's a southeastern guide dog. Um, a lot of people say he's a seeing eye dog or he's a blind dog. Um, he is from Southeastern Guide Dogs. It's in Florida. It's actually near the New Spring Training Facility. Oh, nice. And he helps me get around. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about just me, how I became a Braves fan, what my story is with the Braves, but also how I lost my vision and how I've kind of come back from that. So I'm happy Jack is here with us. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Yeah, I am too. Well, he looks very content. Yes, thanks. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 uh, for a puppy. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, Katie, why don't you just tell us about? We'll back up and talk about uh, kind of your your childhood and becoming. You you're always a Braves fan, right? Where you grew up, not, not too far from here, right? That's correct. Yes, I grew up south side of Atlanta, Palmetto, Georgia. It's a suburb of Atlanta, Noonan, Fairburn. If anybody knows that side of the city. And I always grew up playing sports. I started in t-ball, um, was very competitive when I was four. Uh, that was our first year really playing. There were two girls on our team, and our coach was giving the end of the game speech, and I was, it was like the fourth or fifth game. We were halfway in, and he said, do, do any of you guys have any more questions? And I raised my hand, and I said, I'm tired of playing in the green, and I'm ready to play in the red. Like, put me <laughs> in the infield. And um, I'm left-handed, so he let me play some first base that year. And I played for him again the next year, and I was the only girl to make the all-star team. So I really got into sports then. Um, I played t-ball till I was eight, or I played t-ball slash baseball till I was eight, and then transitioned to softball. I played softball all through growing up. I mean, really grew up at the fields. Um, <clears throat> those are, you know, it takes a village, as everybody probably knows, whether you're playing sports or not. But I really grew up playing with my high school team, playing with my club team. Um, those are those are my best memories, just being at the at the ball field all week, and then spending weekends at tournaments. You know, all of our vacations were planned around tournaments and things like that. Um, my dad and I were really into sports, in my whole family really. But we we really loved Braves baseball. Um, I had kind of a uniform. I was you know that '90s kid. I was born in '88, so whenever we came to the games, I had the the white jersey, but I had an airbrush shirt that I got probably at Panama City or somewhere <laughs> down there that I would wear under the shirt, and I would wear the jersey over top, the airbrush shirt for years when we would come out to Turner Field and Old Fulton County Stadium. So those are those are really my big memories, um, just just being aligned with the Braves. Um, I love Chipper for call, um, Galarraga, Andrew Jones. Uh, I mean, all of those guys. McMichael. Yeah, McMichael. <laughs> yes, of course. I was a little bit before her time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, Javi Lopez. Um, those those were the that's a shocker. The, the yeah. players that I remember. <laughs> he was. Um, but yeah, I I grew up loving the Braves and uh, just really following them. I mean, what was not to love back then? You mm-hmm. know, they were on TBS every night and and they were just fun. They were always winning. So yeah, I think that's that's I am just like you. I'm a product of that they were on tv every night when we were coming up you know they were on tbs every night and that's how that's how the entire generation of fans were born i think uh, born braves fans so product of no competition yeah that's right. a beautiful <laughs> thing Mon- yeah. monopolies they work that's right. That's right. <laughs> for those who have them anyways <laughs> well katie so uh let's let's talk about you you know you go to college and you uh, where did you go to college, first of all? I went to LaGrange College. Okay, you went to LaGrange, yes. and then you, you get out of LaGrange, and you became a, a teacher for a while, right? Middle school teacher? Yes, I taught sixth grade sixth grade English, eighth grade history. My sixth graders are actually graduating this year, which is so crazy to think about. So it's mm. been a while since I taught. Um, but I was teaching, and I, I enjoyed it. But after a few years, I just I realized I don't have a passion for this. Like, I feel I should have a passion for it. Like, if I have kids one day... I want their teachers to have a passion for teaching. Mm -hmm. And I, so I had a, you know, kind of a conversation with myself. I'll I'll back up a little. When I was in college, I had, at LaGrange, I had great professors and just great, another great community um, who really encouraged me to do internships. And I interned for Mark, who is our MC, Braves Vision host, Mark Mark Owens. Owens. Mm -hmm. So Mark was, um, I interned in radio and Mark was you know, the guy and I, he posted something about the Braves, um, seasonal staff. And I thought, I'll check that out. Like that might be fun to be at the ballpark. I loved being at remotes at, at Turner field when I was an intern. And so that was something that I thought I might want to do. When you say remotes, you mean like the remote events, like they'd set up the, the tent yes, and that kind of thing. We'd set and up a the, tent. Yeah, okay. We talked to people about, um, the radio station. We talked to them about, you know, coming out, um, I, you know, anything about that. I, I really enjoyed just talking to people. And in high school, I also worked at a pharmacy. And I, I and this is kind of where the service. So I don't know if I've said what I actually do here yet. Um, yeah, we were getting to it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but go ahead. Get but we're building I kind that. of, yeah. when I was in high school, I also worked at a pharmacy. And I uh, was really focused on service. And so, and, and it was just basically getting to know our customers, getting to know everyone who was coming in, um, it was an independent pharmacy and there was a, a role that was called a digital service representative. And I thought, okay, that might be something I could enjoy doing at this, at the ballpark during the summer. You know, let me just try that out this summer and see what's going to happen. I'm in my mid twenties. I'll figure this thing out. And once I did that, I decided not to go back to teaching. Um, mm-hmm. I got here. I did the seasonal job. I said, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm passionate about being here. I'm passionate about helping people. And I want to be able to con- connect Braves fans. This is this is always somebody's first visit to the ballpark. Right. And so I want to be able to enhance their experience or help them. Or if, if they have a question about something, I can find the answer or I can get it for them. And so that was something that, uh, you know, eventually evolved into where what I'm doing now. Mm. And yeah. And that, and that was, uh, so you, that, that season where you were on the, the game day staff, that yes. would have been 2015, right? 15, yeah, 2015, yes. You and I first met, because that was my first season. I'd moved down here and was first season working with the Braves also was, was 15. So then in 16, you uh, you had a chance to become a, a trainee for the 16 yes. season, right? And what yes. was your what was your role that season? So, so that season, uh, 2016, I was a trainee, digital service, focused on social service, if you will. So setting up how we answer fans' questions on social media, 
and also just tracking what they're saying about us. What are the trends? How are people, what are people saying? And, and really how can we enhance it and make it better? So it was really, I also started working very closely with the guest services staff on training, how we trained our game day staff. That was something that was important to me. So I did that as well during 2016. Um, and then in 20, in September of that year, they offered me a full-time position to continue, you know, focusing on digital as a digital service coordinator, um, as a full-time role in the fall of 2016. Yeah. That's it. And I, and I remember that. Yeah. I remember I had the heads up that, uh, <laughs> Katie was getting, going to get offered the full-time job and I was so excited and I had to keep my mouth shut for a couple of days <laughs> until, <laughs> until she actually got the, yeah, got so the you offer. Spill the beans. I know, I know I'm <laughs> notorious for that. So, Yeah. But okay, so you know, and then of course we closed down Turner Field in 2016, and then you're you're moving mm -hmm. on. We're moving over here to SunTrust Park, and during that off season is when you first started experiencing some of the symptoms. Right? Yes. Yeah. So just tell us about you know the early stages and 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 dealing with that. Yeah. So we moved over to, over to the ballpark. Uh, before that, I was currently still living in the Noonan area, and I actually moved up to Cobb County. Um, close to very close to the ballpark and I just started having these headaches and I didn't know what they were coming from I thought it was just like oh I'm working all day I'm looking at a computer all day I probably need to get glasses um and it it really started intense getting intense intensifying is that a word there we go yeah, yeah intensifying um in February of 17 that they would just they felt like they were right behind my eyes the headaches and so on I went to an eye doctor on President's Day of that year and said, you know, I think I need to get glasses and it's kind of important that I get them soon. You know, I work just down the road um, at the new ballpark. We're getting ready to open it. I'm really excited about it and I don't want to miss it. Um, I just want to get these glasses. And um, she she said, well, your eyes are fine, um, but your optic nerves are really swollen and recommended I go see an ophthalmologist. And so I was like, okay, I'm making an appointment soon because again, I'm thinking, I want to get whatever this is done so that I can be here or so that by the time April 14th gets here, it's just a, a blip on the radar. Like it's just something that I had to do and the, the headaches were intensifying and I was also kind my vision was kind of narrowing. So I, I, the first thing I lost was my peripheral. So if I was walking beside you, there's a chance if, unless you, if you were directly beside me, I probably did not see you and that really started to happen late February, early March of that year. And I went through an, to an ophthalmologist. She ruled out a brain tumor, but said, I think you have something called pseudotumor cerebri. And I said, okay, what is that? And she said, that's why your optic nerves are so swollen. Um, the pressure's building in your skull and we just need to find a way to relieve it. And so I tried some medicines and those just didn't work. They worked some, but they didn't, my, the pressure was building so much and so quickly that I, um, they ended up having to do surgery on my optic nerves, but it was, I did not have that surgery until right before the season. So mm. my first surgery was April 12th, two days before we opened the ballpark. So th I really knew the day that the season actually began. So opening day, we were on the road and I think I think you were here, Ricky. Um, we I were was. we were walk we were going to watch the game and a conference room, and everybody's excited. You know, there's clearly a buzz. We're getting ready to open this ballpark. There's so much promise in in the future. And I uh, 
I remember walking by someone and I went to f- open the door and I couldn't find the door handle. Hmm. Like with, I had to be looking directly at it. And it, just a whole range of emotions, you know, wiped over me. Like, I've got to figure this out. Like th- this is, this is, I was at that point, that was when it kind of turned, got, I got scared. Um, but I had the surgeries and I had some hope that it, my vision was going to return. Um, and it, I had surgery on the 12th. I had surgery again on the 21st. That was on my optic nerve. So had it on my, one on my right eye, uh, or on my right eye optic nerve, another on my left eye optic nerve, um, just to release some of the pressure. So the, the nerves are wrapped with kind of a cloth if that, uh, for those who are listening, (laughs) I'm trying to explain these surgeries without being too, um, detailed and they just kind of cut slits in the, in that cloth, um, so that the, there could be some fluid that would flow through them without just pressing against them. Um, and I had another surgery in May, uh, where they just placed a shunt to just regulate the fluid so that there's only a certain amount of fluid that can be encapsulated in my skull. Um, and, that has worked and I do not have headaches. I, I don't remember the last time I've had a headache, but it did not. My optic nerves, uh, unfortunately the, the, for lack of a better word, the life had already been squeezed out of them. I see. Well, and I, I, and I, I think back to that summer and when, you know, gr- uh, uh, Greg Mize, again, who's a uh, director of, uh, digital marketing and innovation here with the Braves, he called the rest of our, our team at the time that would included you uh, he called us in at one point that summer. I don't remember which day it was, but and I don't know that I've ever told you this, but he called us in to kind of say that you you talked to him and said that you know you would you would you'd come to the the realization or the fact that this was you were going to have to move forward, basically with with the permanent or the mostly permanent loss of your vision. And I remember he because he 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 just he called us in and he said you know you, you know just just everybody get here as quickly as you can so we can talk about this so I can let you know what's going on and. And he did, and um, and me as a friend, I didn't know as a coworker, but more as a friend, I didn't know. Yeah. I, you know, I just I wanted to be able to help, and I didn't know how, but I, I just wanted to know what was that realization like for you? And then, and I know you, and I know how tough and independent and strong <laughs> you are, and how quickly did you say, okay, wh- what do I have to do to to move forward with this? I think it was the doctor had kept telling me we're just going to have to wait um any any type of nerve damage it just takes a little while you just have to wait you just have to give it time but as time went on I just had this feeling I just feelings were I just knew that it wasn't going to return like I hoped or like I wanted and I believe in God I have I have a very strong faith and I I just kind of shifted my prayer to okay God if this isn't what you want for me please open the next door that you like, don't, I'm not going to live, sit on my parents' couch the rest of my life. Um, I want to go back to being independent and I do want to ultimately work for the Braves and, and I don't want to give up my job. And so it, it seemed like every time self-doubt would rush in, someone from here would call me. So I would be working on something and Chandler might call me and say like, Hey, I'm doing a round of the ballpark. Chandler, um, Vicento, he is our guest services manager, super great friend to me. Also, um, now I work directly for him and he would say like, I just walked by Miss Nancy, Miss Marion. They wanted to know how you were. Um, and it seemed like everybody was just checking in on me. Anytime I was having a doubt, someone was checking in on me. 
But I also just knew that I get one shot at this and I don't want to live with any regrets. I worked for this. I started working for this since 2015, you know, two years. And so I'm not just going to give it up if I can help it. Um, So I started with going to Apple. So I, I wanted to get into this vocational rehabilitation program and it was taking a little while for them to get me in for the interview process. So I said, all right, the first thing I need to do is learn how to use my phone again. Um, without just using Siri, I want to be able to use apps and use all that kind of stuff. And I know that people have to be able to do it. And so Apple offers classes. Um, my mom and I would drive up to whatever mall was offering the class. She would take notes. I would sit there and do my best to flick through the screen and learn it. And then we would go home and practice. And it was just kind of me realizing that it, I'm get, you can do this. You just have to be, work hard. I mean, you just have to realize that it's not going to happen in a day. You've, you've spent your whole life living this one way. And just because you used to add it up six plus four, you might now have to do it six plus two plus two. Like you have to do it a little different, but you can still get the same result. Well, Katie, um, thanks for joining us. And I've just been a little quiet just because I've been uh, enjoying your story. And I know as an athlete, we experience all kinds of um, things, you know, emotions and problems and issues with success and failure as an athlete. And, and, um, I'm just curious to know that you growing up playing softball and then playing even in college and being a pitcher. So, you know, we got that in common where mm-hmm. pitchers are usually the toughest. So, um, so that's, uh, I, I think about your story and, you know, um, I just, you know, your bravery and, and all the things that you've gone through has been amazing. You talk about your faith, but I'm just wondering how much you think that how God had prepared you with being an athlete and how what you're going through now, is it part of that that helped you with your toughness, mental, physical, you know, and then just saying, you know what, okay, this is what I've got to do now, and so I'm going to figure out how to be the best I can be. I'm just wondering how you, have you related into that to your athletic days and and um, and what you're having to do now, but even though it's more mentally, but there's obviously a lot of physical things that you've got to do to learn how to walk with Jack, yes. and and there's a lot of things that physically you still have to do. Right. No, I I completely revert a lot back to when I was playing and and things like that. And I think, what did I want to define me as a player? I wanted to be a team player. I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be passionate. I wanted to leave it all out there. And I hope that that, like, <clears throat> you may notice, like, the first thing you see about me may be that I'm having to walk with the cane or walk with my guide dog or walk with something. So that may be the first thing that you notice about me. But then once you get to know me, you hopefully will realize it's not what defines me. There are so many other things that define me. And um, and I think that th- that's honestly still evolving. Um, but I do revert back to, and, and again, I think team sports is a huge thing. But be, just being an athlete and knowing that just grit, mm. you, you, you've either got it or you don't, um, being able to just get down and do it, um, you know, because someone else is going to do it if you don't do it. Someone else will go in and do it. And the Braves could have hired someone else. Um, I could have just, you know, hung it up and said, oh, this is, you know, I tried. But if I hadn't given it my all and hadn't tried my very best, then mm. I don't think I would have been able. I didn't want to live with that regret. Right. Well, let's face it, you got a lot of excuses you could pull out, right? Right, right. So we all do to some degree, but you've been handed something here 
in the short term that seems like a big blow to a lot of people and and but yet you could have used that for an excuse and and you didn't so I want to commend you you know one thing too I wanted to say is that you know um, Katie is a part of where we have a mentoring program with Sanford yes. um, University and Katie and I are doing that and so here she is even giving back to, yes. to a young student which is exciting to me to be able to do that but here you know, there again, you could say, well, you know, nobody wants to hear anything from me. And there's, you know, and, and played the pity party and that kind of stuff. Right. But yet you're even out there mentoring people. Yes. So um, that's exciting. And I, and I commend you for that. And so we've talked a little bit about about that and bit to be a part of something that's that's exciting as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, uh, I um, you had a, and we you touched on it there. You know, you could have thrown your Greg touched on it. You could have thrown yourself a pity party. Uh, you had one doctor who kind of said something along the lines of, you know, maybe you could look for, maybe you yes. start thinking about another career. And your response was to switch doctors, which yes. is maybe <laughs> one of my favorite because I was like, that is Katie Hearn. If I, if I, you you're know, fired. Or, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. fired. That's somebody else. So it just, so it, it, that, that was never a question that you were coming no. back to work for the Braves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that I, was. Yeah, tell. It, I kind of want to hear. Well, the doctor actually—you <laughs> just said, "Okay, new doctor." That—that that, that was. Well, it. it was a moment of when she said it. She was just kind of flipping through my chart, and she was like, "Yeah, you're probably going to have to, you know, maybe find a new career or, or polish up some old other skills." And I said, "I don't think so." <laughs> and when we locked out of there, I—I I looked at my dad and I said, "Did you hear what she said?" <laughs> and I just repeated the same thing, and he was like, "She doesn't know." And I was like, "Yeah, uh, she doesn't know that we won't be back here." <laughs> so, um, That's great. But that it, I think it, I didn't know a lot about what it was going to take. Um, and and really, it's just taking things bite by bite, just like any big thing that you're going to have to change sure. in life. Um, but I also felt like you don't know me very well. Um, you've had to know me through this very extreme traumatic experience. I came to you in early March and by July, you know, a lot of my vision, usable vision was gone. And so I had gone from clearly seeing very well and driving to work to having to walk around with someone and trying to get into a program so I can learn to live again. And so, you know, you've only known me in this very extreme situation and so it was it was a moment that um I look back on now and I can laugh about but in the moment I was just like that was when I had already started to realize you know this is this again is not going to define me this is this might be where I'm at right now but it's not going to be the end well and and you know, when when we were kind of on the same part of the same team with the the digital yeah. marketing side, you know, one of Katie's things that I would marvel at like on the social media side was like during a game day, I mean, if somebody, you know, if they were having some sort of issue and just something in the ballpark, whether it was, you know, an issue with their, their food or, or their tickets or whatever, Katie was the one handling that and, and taking care of that and fixing that or at least fixing it as best she she could and that, that the Braves could. But also, and this was my my favorite thing that she would do, is she would be scanning through Twitter and find somebody that would say, okay, it's it's my I've got my grandmother here. It's her 90th birthday. Katie would be the one who orchestrated a, a seat visit and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, an autograph ball or, a, a, you know, yeah. just a gift of some sort. And that was that was one of the that was just one of the cool things I got to see Katie do every day, mm-hmm. both handling Thanks. with handling because issues arise as they're mm-hmm. at, with any business, sure. any event. And she's handling that side of it, but also doing this awesome 
the side of uh, surprise and delight. Surprise and delight. Yeah. There it is. That's oh, the yeah. Awesome. yeah, that's it. Well, what what is your what is your describe your role now with the Braves? So I still do some of that. So digital and accessible services coordinator. So I still handle kind of the keeper of the inboxes, if you will. I'll still answer your questions on social media on game days. I have a team that of game day staff that I'm kind of encouraging and, and teaching them how to do this on behalf of the organization. They're the ones out there going and, and fixing it. If you have a problem, they're the ones running out. If you're celebrating a birthday, uh, we'll set up a photo on the field after the game if we can for you post-game. Um, and, and just things like that, um, but then also just enhancing the accessible services that we have at SunTrust Park. So really, we do a great job, but there's also things that, you know, we just want to always enhance things and be better. And so I'm really focusing on we've never had someone who's solely focused on accessible services. And so I'm very excited for this opportunity because it's really become a passion of mine. Um, sure. Once I I didn't want to just sit at home, and so I'm also a big college football fan and when I was going to I went to a college football game in the fall of 17 and I loved I really appreciated the way that the security guard uh, the security guard guided me into the ballpark she just put my hand on her shoulder and said just follow me instead of saying just walk straight Um, because that's difficult when you know if, if I'm lined up a certain way I may not walk straight I may walk straight into you and so I appreciated the way she focused on that. And it's little things like that that I think for if you're in a wheelchair or if you're visually impaired or have or have a hearing impairment, that you may not hear the direction that they give you, um, really listening to people and, and learning what, can, what we can do to, to really enhance ourselves and be better. Yeah, it's amazing how I think we all, you know, what I take in, and take from this because we all have our own bent and we see the world in different ways and based on our history our you know our past and who we are today and it's just amazing how you've been prepared almost to do what you're doing right now through some difficult times but just not like a lot of us so but yet you have to also take that step like you said it's you couldn't have accepted everything at one time but but when you take one step at a time and then you see opportunities, then it's really up to you whether you're going to take that. And I love one of the quotes that they that you said, um, it said that there, there were two factors I could control, my attitude and my effort. Yes. And a lot of times, you if you don't have the right attitude, then it's hard to, to, to make that next step in the effort. And so now seeing where you've been and what you're doing for us to make, you know, this organization takes a lot of different parts, right? I know my role, you know your role, Ricky knows his role, but it takes all of us being excellent and having an excellent attitude to be able to make this organization what it is. And that's one thing I'm so proud of being an Atlanta Brave, not only as a player, um, but also today work in the front office is that there's so many people like yourself and like Ricky that are trying to do their job in an excellent way that only you can do. So think, I mean, and that's what it just excites me just to see people who are taking advantage of, of really where God is, how God has created them, how he's made them, and what they're doing to make their job and, and a great experience for the fans and for the people that come here to the ballpark. And so I applaud you for that because there's nobody that can do what you what you do. You have a unique experience, a unique pers- perspective, and I'm just proud that you have taken that step to keep going because it is exciting to watch. I mean, I get emails from her like, hey, uh, so-and-so is asking about this and that, and, you know, mm-hmm. so it's neat to – yeah, I appreciate be able to that. have somebody out there because you know dealing with the public's not always an easy thing, right? <laughs> yes, I do a better job now than I did when I was twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> all 
I, and one other th- uh, quick thing to give Katie Hearn kudos for, um, <laughs> the chair of honor oh, thank out you. in uh, right field, you know, for the, for, yes. oh. for the you know, military, the military. Yeah. that is, that was Katie Hearn's idea. Oh, really? Yes, oh, nice. yes it was. And well, some of you may remember the, the, the viral picture that well, went viral last, last season of uh, soldier standing guard by the chair yes. and it was in the rain and a fan came up and held the umbrella nice. over him. And that was, that was in the, I, I just kept thinking how the, the, uh, that there's such a Katie Hearn idea, and it was so it's perfectly executed, and uh, and the moments that have come about as because of that idea mm-hmm. have been pretty touching and amazing, and uh, that's all that's, that's all due to Katie. Well, I have two children in the military, so I thank you for oh that. God. I have a father-in-law that's a veteran, and so uh, so that's pretty special. That was really that was a really neat thing that we did. Well, we would be remiss if we had you on here and we didn't talk about you and your relationship with your friend Walter Banks, with yes. all of our friend Walter yes. Banks. He is That's you correct. and him, you and him have a very special bond, and we you do. were very fittingly the recipient of the Walter Banks uh, Hospitality Award th- this you. past season, which was awesome. Um, so, just talk about a little bit about receiving that award, your relationship with Walter, and then. And then also, because we're sitting here looking at Jack, who's just chilling right he's now. Eye, he's yeah. eyeballing me. He is. He's got, he's got his eyes on it's Greg It's kind of half closed. <laughs> yeah. He's enjoying He likes the alumni lounge. He does. I, he, I can who tell he does. Yeah, it's very comfortable down here. But uh, and then also, you know, the the co- your coworkers and, and the Braves yes. and something special they did that uh, involves, uh, involves uh, uh, service dogs. Yes. So... Walter and I really became close friends when I was on game day staff in 2015. I were, wrote for the Tomahawk Times, which is a game day staff newsletter, where we highlighted different unique things for game day staff. So-and-so is celebrating their 20th anniversary. Um, a couple, some couples are married, and they're celebrating their wedding anniversary. Geraldine and Edward, if y'all know Geraldine, that mm-hmm. um, is the elevator attendant, and Edward's an usher. Uh, they celebrated their 45th wedding anniversary wow. when I was writing for the time. So they're probably getting up to 50 soon um, next year, I guess, 2020. But I wrote an article about Walter and I said, I don't want to talk baseball. I just want to talk about you. And so we met for breakfast one morning and um, he just, we, we talked up until first pitch. I mean, he told me everything about his life. Uh, We talked about himself, his kids, everything that, you know, growing up in Atlanta why this city is so important to him, why the Olympics were so important. And we re- I really got to know Walter Banks. And so from then on, we, we stayed tight friends. He gave me his business card. I gave him my phone number. And uh, we would, ca- you know, he would call me or I would call him and just check in. In the off season, uh, there was kind of a little group of us that um, I, w- I only, I think I only got to drive him home a couple times in 2016. But he rode the MARTA to work um, when it was at Turner Field. And so there were um, a group of people who would take him to the MARTA station to get home. And I just just really enjoyed chatting with him and getting to know him. And he really supported me as well uh, in 2017 after my vision loss. So he called me about a month after I hadn't been at work. And he said, where have you been? And I said, he said, I've been looking for you. And I said, I, you know, I've got this stuff going on. I'll hopefully be back soon. You know, at that point I was still having surgeries. I didn't know what the future was going to be. But I said, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still checking in. I'm still keeping up with the games and I'm talking to everybody up there. So, you know, I'll be back. I will be back. And um, he faithfully called me and I, I, I told him in July 
Walter, I don't think, you know, I, I think this vision loss is permanent. And, um, and he said, well, I know you. And, and, you know, that was, he's like, I know you're going to be able to do this. And, and, um, and so he would call and check on, on me at least once a week, you know, just checking in. He would always say, you're looking so good though. Like (laughs) on the phone, I think he could just tell if I had the way I answered the phone, you know, like, you know, just wanted to give me a little bit of encouragement. That's great. And, uh, and we've kept that up. And so he, he's just a really dear friend to me. And um, I'm just so happy about his bobblehead. He's so yeah, <laughs> he's so yeah. excited. We are too. Well, he has um, <clears throat> he has a uh, a unique way of interacting with the fans. And whenever I'm taking groups around, he, you know, I'll say, "Hey, Walter, say hi to my group." And he's absolutely cra- uh, great with them. But it was interesting this weekend. I was looking through some old memorabilia and just things being around the Braves organization for a long time. So I pulled out an old Chop Talk magazine. Uh, you, this was you were probably six years old at the time, mm-hmm. but Walter was on the cover. It was his 1994, and he's on the cover. And I'm, you know, I have some different things that are going on that I'm in inside because I was on the team at the time. But it said legendary usher Walter Banks, and that was in 1994. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. Was, he was legendary. <laughs> then. Yeah, he was. and he's even more legendary. That's right. The truth. It was great. So, yeah. t- so tell us about um, you know, there's going to be oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the Jack's going to have some friends that are arriving yes. uh, later this year, and Uh-oh. they're going to have some Braves related names. Correct. So uh, yeah, tell us about that. So um, the school I got Jack from, Southeastern Guide Dogs, when I decided that I was going to go and I put in my application, I was kind of going through the interview process everyone in the front office again they've been so supportive of me and they said we're we want to we want to support you how can we support this place and so it was five thousand dollars to name a puppy and everybody were like where everybody they started wear jeans to work on Fridays you could pay to wear jeans to work and the money would go to naming a dog and we were going to name the dog Banks after Walter because I wanted to my dog to be named Banks after Walter. And I had found out that I could not, my dog was already going to be named once I got him, but th- we continued raising the money and we ended up getting enough money for two dogs. And so we have named one named Banks that will be born later this spring and then another named Hank after Hank Aaron that will be born later this summer. Nice. And awesome. I want to give a shout out too, because I know he's listening. My friend Joe, um, also a Braves fan, uh, that I met when I was at Southeastern. We were actually seated uh, lunch buddies, and um, we just started talking baseball. I think it was during winter meetings, and um, he's from Mississippi, and so he was talking about Brian Snicker being named Manager of the Year, and and I was like, Yeah, go Braves, you know. But <laughs> hi, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Katie, we can't thank you enough for for being here and being on the Braves, taking some time with thank us this you. morning, and uh, more importantly, you you know you're just you're an incredible inspiration to everybody around here and everybody you touch, and and beyond that, just thank you for being my friend. Well, I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I I I just am so happy to be a part of this team, and continue being a part of this team. It's been a privilege to just know you guys as friends and and to be a part of behind the Braves. So thank you so much. Great, thank you, Katie. Our thanks again to Katie Hearn for joining us on Behind the Braves. Uh, incredible story. She's an incredible person. Uh, I could go on and on all day about Katie, and I'm just, uh, you know, her story's been out there a little bit. You know, the AJC had a really nice article about her. 
she's been on some other podcasts, but uh, you know, she's she's a brave. She's one of ours, and we we felt that that we we needed to have Katie Hearn on this podcast. So we're glad we we're able to have her, and glad she she and Jack took some time for us. One thing that uh, we didn't get to bring up while we were talking with her, she and I were talking after the the interview. You know, we we talked about the chair of honor and how that was that was her idea. Um, and talking with her after the interview, she's like, you know where that I where I came up with that idea or you know where that idea kind of originated from and I said no I, I don't actually uh she said it was the Fort Bragg game in in 2016 and I went oh, I never knew that like I, I was there she and I were both there at the Fort Bragg game in 2016 and that was just that was an incredible experience from the, just the whole day you knew it it was one of those things we were looking forward to from the day it was announced and we all knew it was going to be like this once in a lifetime special experience but even all of that anticipation and, and knowing that that was coming, you st- we still couldn't have anticipated just how special and once in a lifetime it was. It was incredible. So to to learn that uh, this this other incredible thing, this incredible idea that Katie came up with, came from that experience was uh, it was it was pretty it was pretty cool to hear that. So I, I, I now you were you at the Fort Bragg game or I didn't get to go, but we sent some alumni up there. I think okay. Bill Murphy, Phil Negro. So we had an alumni presence, and of course, outside my office are the pictures. Some of the pictures from Fort Bragg, the jets flying over, helicopters. I don't know if they're jets. I think it's helicopters, and then you know the the colors being presented, and and uh, you know our staff on the field. So it looked amazing. I'm, you know, it's, I'm partial to military. I have two children that are active in the Army, one National Guard, one's actually an MP. So, um, so that they have a place in my heart for that. So I wish I'd, of course, at the time I didn't know that they were they were going to be in the Army. But since then, that's all occurred. And but I wish I would have been able to be involved in that, but just didn't work out. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it, it was a special thing. Uh, to be there and it's I even have like you know I save all of my my media passes and press passes and all that kind of stuff just just to have them I mean, they're keepsakes they're kind of cool things when you especially once you've been in, working in the game for a few years and they start to kind of pile up a little bit and you, it's a nice little reminder of like man it's this is mm. this job has taken me a lot of cool places but that's the one that sticks out that Fort Bragg it's got the, the logo on it that's the one that kind of sticks out to me and uh and again that uh the, the Katie Hearn you know, came up with the, the chair of honor idea. It's yeah, just, that was it, a great one. It, it just it was just great. It mm-hmm. was really great. So, I'll tell you what else is great is spring training is actually happening. We're actually, in the words, uh, to paraphrase uh, Jack Elliott, a.k.a. Tom Selleck, Mr. Baseball, actual baseball is actually occurring. <laughs> actual baseball <laughs> games are actually being played. So, uh, games are starting, and then I cannot believe opening day is like it's March as we're it's March fourth today as we're uh, we're recording this, so we're only a couple couple weeks away. What do you think? Spring training starting up. What are your initial thoughts? I used to have dreams that I was still playing and what it felt like, and and um, but one thing I always remember about spring training is just that the freshness of, of course, your body, how your body's feeling. But just, you know, the excitement of what could happen. Remember, we all – we get to spring training and the goal is we're going to win the World Series, right? This team, we've got this piece and that piece and everybody. And this guy was just starting to get a little bit better towards the end of the season. He's ready to make a make a, a new move this year. And, and the, the new and improved version, you know, for 2019. And, of course, you look at what this team did last year and meeting – blowing expectations out of the water – 
And then now coming back and, and having such a good, strong foundation to move ahead, it would be interesting to see what how this team gets out of the gate. We The teams I was on, we were never good out of the gate. We were just kind of – we spring training, we didn't win any games. Then we'd roll into the season, we'd start out like 500, and then, then we would just, you know – by the time May comes around, we'd start we'd start cranking it out. But spring training is, from my my opinion, it was always about get your work in, get yourself prepared, do what you need to take, work, experiment a little bit, get your bread and butter down, and then make sure you're ready when the bell rings, and just hope that no, there's no setbacks, there's no injuries. Uh, the worst thing can happen is when, you know, a few guys get a little nagging things here and there because it sets you back because now the momentum that you've got, and we, we're seeing that a little bit, Mentor and Dansby and and um, some guys are a little slow out the gate. Was there somebody else? Fulty. Fulty, and then, you know, Josh Donaldson's had, you know, just not started. And, um, you know, they pushed him back another couple games. So you don't, you never know. I mean, I think think we're all we're a little we're more cautious today than they were. And I was telling somebody this the other day. It was taboo to go on the DL back when I played because we remember we had a pitching staff that went year after year after year without going on the DL. Right. So being on that pitching staff, don't think there wasn't any peer pressure. So you weren't about to tell anybody about anything. But it seems like now. They they're they're on the other end of the spectrum. If you don't tell us, you're going to get in trouble. And so the the pressure is that every little thing you're feeling, you better let somebody know. So I don't know if it's that. It just seems to be that's more the culture nowadays. And I'm not saying it's you know right or wrong. I probably pitch sometimes I shouldn't have been pitching, but but I think um, you just hope that those setbacks are very small, because when you do have a setback and then you try to get ready for the bell and you're not ready, then that can lead to to you know, really starting out and setting the setting the tone for a year that you're not prepared. So you just kind of hope that guys can get through those little nagging things early on, and then they come out of the gate firing in all cylinders. One thing I wanted to ask you about as as a player in spring training, and I I know you were mostly on good teams. Could you tell in mostly? spring? Mostly, mostly I was on all great teams. Okay, I didn't know about those Mets teams you were on. So they they were great, except the Braves were greater. I mean, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, I had, we had great teams, but we were in second. We three years in a row, we were in second place. Okay, all so right. they were great teams. It's just we didn't have. I mean, we had to battle the Braves, and who were even you know they right. were just still. So, so so you were never in. Were you ever in camp with a team that ended up being bad, like a no. little sub five hundred? You weren't, were you? Well, see, this just thwarted my whole question. Uh, no, no, it didn't. Actually, I, I, we'll still go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> I, what I was going to ask you was, could you tell in spring training legitimately, like, all right, we, th- this team can win the World Series? Because I would think it would be easy to tell if you show up and you'd be like, oh, boy, this is this team is not going to do play well this year. Well, I think it would be easier to pick yeah, that out. But. I felt like all five years I was with the Braves, that was certainly the goal, and it was very attainable. We had the best pitching staff. We had a great lineup, and I think our best team ever was 1993, personally. Um, and so I never believed that there was nothing but winning the World Series. Now, with the Mets, I didn't believe that. I knew we were a really good team, but I didn't believe because at that point it was, you know, you got to win the wild card because you were not going to beat the Braves because they were we were winning 90 games and they were winning 100. 
So it just didn't – that didn't – wasn't think my thought process that, okay, it's hands down, we're going to the World Series. But I thought that every year with the Braves. Okay. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I As I was asking you that, I was thinking, I was like, wait, was he never on a bad, like a under – like a sub-500, you know, cellar dweller? I don't think you never were. I yeah. never experienced that. Even in the minor leagues, um, we set a record in double-A with the, with the Braves – where we won uh, over 100 games and we set a uh, Southern League record. And we had, the year before, we were kind of a 500 team, but we had 13 guys make it to the big leagues. I mean, that was where Javi and myself and Pedro Borbone and Eddie Perez and Tony Tarasco and I could just go on and on and on, the guys that were, they ended up making it and were on the World Series team. So we had the talent, we just didn't put it all together at that point. And even our manager, Grady Little, was a, was a big league manager for the Dodgers and the Red Sox. So that was a great team. There was probably um, – and but, I mean, I, I won a championship in the minor leagues. I was in the playoffs probably three of the – I was only in the minor leagues for four four years, five seasons, four and a half years. But out of those, I probably was on one 500 team or so, or two maybe. But the rest of them were, um, were pretty good. We were in the playoffs. And I just didn't experience that. I could not imagine – being on a team like the Pittsburgh Pirates or the Kansas City Royals or some of these or Houston for ten years, where they just lost a hundred games, I mean, it's not that difficult. I would I would think our organization has. When's the last time we've lost a hundred games? I mean, was it in the in the uh, ninety nineteen uh, ninety or was it eighty nine? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure to be honest. Because ninety one was for worst to first, right? Right, and then from there for 14 straight years we won a division, right. and then even after that our worst years were just here recently where we never won. hit 100 losses. During no, that but time. we right. lost what maybe 80, 90 games. Yeah, 85, 90. We 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 went a couple seasons there with like a 68 win, uh, 70 win season. So yeah, yeah. So 91, yeah, yeah, roughly in there. But think about what the Orioles just went through. Sure, yeah. they may be going through it again. Right. I mean, that is a totally different mindset. I don't know. That is a difficult place to work. If you think about coming and what kind of grind it is to play 162 games, spring training, a month and a half, and then go into that and knowing that you're only going to win 40 ball games. Right. That's a tough work environment. I would think that you would – well, you know, I wouldn't think this. I would think this for me because this is how I know me. I know how I am if that were me. I would I would have to tell myself no we're just going to go out there and prove people wrong or, or you know we're going to and now you might be lying to yourself or you know I might be lying to myself when I would say if I was coming into a situation like that but I think I just wonder if everybody no regardless of what the reality of the situation is is everybody comes into spring training at least in the back of their mind thinking you know we could be like if you're projected to be a, a 60 win team or a 50 win team I would think at least some of those players have to come into camp going, "No, we're gonna we're gonna be better than that. We're gonna prove people wrong, even though they might not." Like, yeah. I, I just feel like that that's got to be. I would think most you, athletes and competitors will want to think that. Oh, we'll probably think well, that way, right? Yeah. It, even if you're just thinking about your own personal goals, yeah. The problem is when you've got nine guys thinking about nine different goals, right? And then there is no team goal because you're just thinking about how am I going to get paid, or how am I going to set this record, or how am I going to meet these things. You know, baseball is an interesting sport. You can have individual goals, but you better have your team goals as your your prominent your prominent goal, and not just a bunch of individuals out there. Because you do have to still work as a team, even though I'm pitching, and I'm I'm um, you know I'm going against the hitter. 
and I'm working with the catcher, but still you have to have a team team mentality that I'm going to do what it takes for the team. And it, it, it's a it's a fine line. It is not, you know, it, it is a team, but yet there's a lot of individual a lot of individual play that's involved, but you still have to have a team mindset because you're going to go through some rough patches and you've got to figure out how to pick your pick your brother up and encourage him and be a good teammate. Yeah, and it's it's I like that you alluded to the rough patches last or just there because I think back to last season winning the division and the 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 turning points and there are multiple turning points or key things you can focus in on to look back and say okay this is really where this team showed what it was made of or really there was you know I, I remember the faulty complete game against the Nationals early in the summer was a big one uh, but to me the 2018 Braves and one part of the reason why I'm so excited to see the growth and what happens with the 2019 Braves. Uh, coming off that that series at home against Boston, getting swept and losing the third game after being up big and then and, and blowing it and losing that game, uh, and then going on the road that weekend, taking I believe it was three or four from from Here, Diamondbacks, Arizona, yeah, um, and basically that that starting with that road trip and starting in Arizona is really where the division they managed to, to secure the division starting. Well, there. and you can even boil it down to that one play that Dansby made that was a big that one, defensive yeah. play. Just things were ha- happened during that series like that. I mean, that was a great play, and uh, obviously that stands out in my mind. But you're right, that road trip, we could have very easily folded up the tent and and said, you know, and just that momentum could have carried them in. Because it's tough. Arizona was a good team, and then they went right into, was it L.A.? I think – I want to say San Francisco, San Francisco, but don't quote me yeah, on that. San yeah. Francisco wasn't mm-hmm. that good. But, but still, it's on the road, you're still vulnerable – and and especially after a devastating loss to Boston, who ends up winning the World Series, but still yeah. you were up big, like you said. And should Boston. have t- at least taken the, the last right. game out of that. Right. You get but, you get the. I mean, you just get sucker punched. Mm-hmm. That and you're the, right. And the team going out to Arizona and showing what they were made of as in in the wake of that, I thought was that to me it more than anything showed the character of the yeah, the, the 2018 team and. Um, I'm excited. Listen, the rest of the, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Like the rest of the division has definitely done everything they do they can do to to catch up in the off season. But I'm really excited uh, and to see what the 2019 Braves are going to do because they have a lot to build on from last year. Yeah, and I we have a lot of the same guys that are here, who who made up that great staff. From you look at the lineup from from first to ninth, that uh, right field we've got. Marcakis back and you, Freddie. I mean, those are solid guys that have been around a while. They're veteran presence, and then you add Josh Donaldson. So these guys, you you make it makes you understand why they didn't fold because these guys have played the game long enough. They're professionals, in in the true sense of the word, that they come up, do they do their job day in and day out. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. So I would have been surprised if they had faltered and they would have lost the momentum and let it carry them in because those are, that's not the type of players they are. So it, it just, it just assures me that when another rough patch comes that I will expect for them to right the ship and not have too big. Cause you know, even, even Snit said this, that this team never got too high, never got too low that, yeah, they may get swept, but they're not going to turn three losses into six losses or four losses into eight losses. I mean, they're going to, they're going to take their punch, and then they're going to get up off the ground, and they're going to come right back at you. And you know, and I think Ender gets overlooked. 
you know, we've got some young stars coming up. Ender didn't have a great year, but he had a solid year last year, and he came back strong. And that's a guy that didn't have his best year last year. And you and I were maybe talking about this, but we had some guys who had some career years in 2018. Will that happen again? I'm not sure. I mean, you don't, you can't have a career year every year. But we've got solid ball players that do their job, and Ender's one of those guys. Does it day in and day out, and he's going to continue to move along that way. You know, Freddie's going to do that. You know, Nick's going to do that. And um, and so I'm excited to see how they just keep going about their job. And I think as they do that, then um, Alex keeps adding the pieces, and we'll be right back where we want to be. But we also know the division got a lot tougher, right? It did. It, it it definitely got a lot tougher. So, and you can't discount that. So it's it's you know it. Not that it's ever easy, and it certainly wasn't easy last year. But it's going to be a tougher task this year. But that's that. The point is that that's why this team should hopefully build on what they had last year, and we'll see how it shakes out. But I'm with what with as the team is currently constructed, I think that they've got what it takes to they're I think they they're up to the challenge, you know. And I think that yeah, they're me too. Uh, I'm I'm excited. We're gonna get to see it soon. That's as what I'm As long as we stay healthy. I mean we got like I That's said, we gotta come yeah. out the gate. We gotta be ready for the bell and we don't I don't like seeing all these little nagging things happening. Hopefully we can get through those because we've got you know, we're just in the first week of March. So maybe, you know, another three or four days we get past them, guys get back on their regular schedule and, and we have good three three weeks before um, before the season starts. Get them out of the way now. Yeah. The season starts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I may hope it's just precautionary, but yeah. but uh, that would be one thing that you have to adjust to if it if it goes on any longer. Well, you and I are both 100%, and we're ready to go, <laughs> at least for, for podcasting anyway. Yeah, that's we're, right. We're good. Yeah, you know, we're good to go. My, my voice isn't rough yet. <laughs> well, we well, never know. It may. We, we switch back to every week. We'll see. Yeah. The, I have the, to start gargling with some salt water. <laughs> the dog days of podcasting, late July. We're going every week. <laughs> just keep bringing the cookies. That's right. Yeah, we did just have – we were over in uh, Terrapin Tap Room, had a birthday lunch up there, and had some – I definitely had more cookies than I was planning on yeah. it, but I regret nothing. Yeah. So, well, thank you to everybody for listening to Behind the Braves. As always, uh, the reviews keep coming in. The positive reviews, five star ratings. Uh, people are Braves fans. Braves country are just so kind. They leave the the not only reviewing, but they're leaving thoughtful, kind reviews. And it's just and and I say it every time, but I I'm I, we're reading all of them, and we really are, and very much appreciate them. So. And keep doing that, all right? The more you do that, the more it helps uh, other folks, Braves fans or just baseball fans in general, discover uh, behind the Braves, and we very much appreciate it. So uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 